Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio. If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends because I'm not giving them anything. From the Car Firearms Group Studio. On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. 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 And here we go, hour two of Armed American Radio, ready to rock and roll from AAR Ranch here in the Car Firearms Group Studios with you. Mark Walters in front of the Sig Sauer powerful and platinum microphone from Georgia. All of it being brought to you by the great X Insurance. Greg over in Dallas, Texas, how you doing, my brother, from another mother? No, I'm doing pretty good. That's it? That's all? You're just doing pretty good? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. What do you want? <laughs> I don't know. Man, I'm doing great. How are you? No, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... How about we do this? How about you just tell people where to watch the show and in nice high definition vision, too, by the way, and tune in to the live stream if they want to watch it, if they can, where you can watch it, or they just listen to it if you want to, or get in, on, in the chat and do that while you're watching it or listening to it. How about all three of those? Uh, sure. Are we uh, still in 1080p or is it 4K over there still? I don't know. You don't know? High def- nothing high definition of some sort. Sure, works great. Okay, if you'd like to see the show <laughs> in high def, just head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com. Well, on the right-hand radio, side so. of that website, you're going to see the menu icon. Just give that a slap, and when that window opens up, you can select that watch live option. You've also got the listen live option in case you're out there driving in the podcast link, in case you need to catch up on anything you may have missed. Shop link's also there if you'd like to support the show. If you want to join our live chat, just head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. Boom, pow, zam, that'll do it. Neil McCabe from RedState.com. Neil McCabe from RedState.com. How are you, my brother? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Well, yeah. I, I bet you yeah. didn't expect. <laughs> I bet you didn't expect. <laughs> he's taken off on you. See, Greg, the influence you have. Listen, I'm coming. I'm bringing the fire. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I am locked and cocked and ready to rock. <laughs> locked and cocked and ready to rock. You sound like you used to be in Boston, but I wouldn't be able to tell that because you're losing your yeah, accent. Well, you know, as I, I have lost my accent. So, okay, okay. yeah, right. it's, well, um, but uh, big, big doings, big doings. And, uh, you know, we're all very excited. We're, we're excited about SHOT Show. I think that's very important. I think it's I'll be very interested to see if uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik shows up at SHOT Show since her dear husband is one of the senior guys at uh, the NSSF, which runs SHOT Show. And, of course, a lot of people are excited about her becoming a cabinet officer, maybe education secretary, or even Boy, some I, VP. She really made – I mean, she, yeah, we all knew who she was, but, boy, she really right. jumped to the forefront by nailing 
those big universities really jumped to the forefront. She's made a name for herself in politics. So since you brought her up, let's go there briefly. I, I would expect, I wouldn't be, let me put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised to run into her while we're there this week. That would not surprise me in the least bit. Now, I can honestly say this in 20-plus years of going, I've never seen her there before, but that doesn't mean anything. That, that means absolutely nothing. But I wouldn't be surprised. Well, well, these are interesting times because the NSSF, I mean, I'll say it, you don't have to. I always considered it kind of the weak sister of the, of the gun groups. But in the last, I don't know, five, I don't want to say five years, but basically in recent years, they have absolutely stepped up. Some of that is out of necessity, but also some of that, I think, is because of the new generation of leadership. I think that uh, the fact that the new the uh, the Newtown shootings were in the same town as their headquarters that had to be an emotional shock. That I I can forgive anybody for being overwhelmed in the way you know. Ten years ago, you know, Obama went after them like a ton of bricks, but. What they've been doing lately has been phenomenal. They've always been strong. They've always tried to be on more of the education side. They've done a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of their press stuff has been like inviting reporters, you know, for a day at the range, that kind of thing. They also provide a very good resource for reporters. They have a film library that people can download with, you know, B-roll and things like that and photos. And so they, they've always been there. They're solid as a rock, but lately they've absolutely stepped up as the NRA has had its problems. And, you know, as we talk about sort of veep stakes, obviously Stefanik is in the mix. She's on the list. Uh, we know she's on the short list. Yeah. We can confirm. Also, so. what, what I will also tell you that uh, Christy Nome, the governor of South Carolina, excuse me, South Dakota, is very close to the president. And she did a lot of campaigning for him in Iowa. I didn't really see her in New Hampshire. And there is some talk that if she does not uh, get the VP or maybe interior secretary, actually Trump is thinking that she's the one who can take over the NRA and try to right that ship over there. Yeah, I'd like to see her on the border, too, but that's a whole different conversation. Let me let me go back to your comments about NSSF. This is a world-class organization. Yeah. And NSSF, I, I'm a... Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say at least 15 or 20 year member in good standing of NSSF. In fact, I'm proud to say I'm on their PAC wall of fame and will be at their little shindig at SHOT Show coming up, I believe, Tuesday night or Wednesday night. I'm not sure. I have to split my time up, but I'll be there. NSSF, as you said, has really stepped up to the plate. But we have to we have to go about what was the function of the NSSF? prior to the you say five years isn't that interesting that that's about the time the nra started having its issues right well yeah four or five I mean, years ago so there's not, not they're not they were a trade organization they're not, they were the industry they're trade. not really a, they're not a civil rights organization and you know right. there were in you know there there were some key moments especially after the 1968 gun control act was passed where people sort of remolded the nra from sort of a shooting club and running, you know, marksmanship classes and marksmanship competitions to becoming like a civil rights organization. And I think it, it did tremendous good. It did tremendous things, but NSFF wasn't really set up as a civil rights organization, no. but unfortunately it's, it's, 
it had no choice but to sort of fill that vacuum. Well, I would submit that they did, and they chose to, and I'm so glad they did. They took that world-class organization. As you said, NSSF is headquartered in Newtown. No one at NSSF didn't know somebody at Newtown. It's that simple. And over the years, what they have done has been just nothing short of remarkable. They have stepped up their game in defense of the firearms industry as the attacks have mounted against the firearms industry. Why? Because they are the industry number one industry trade group. The SHOT Show is the National Shooting Sports Foundation shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade show, after all. And they've been putting on a world-class event over there for decades. I've seen it with my own eyes. My first attendance was in 2000. It's been quite a, quite a while. You've been there. Uh, this, this, is, this is a huge, huge event. And, yeah, I am just thrilled to see the NSSF step up. Really, and I don't know, is it, is it safe to say fill the void left by the NRA? I don't think so because they're a different type of organization. Well, but they nonetheless have filled a void, haven't they? Great, great job over there, NSSF. Looking forward to meeting with you guys in a couple hours, actually. Yeah, and, you know, in the NRA, you know, it, it's, it's, you've got to figure, too, right, the way the media controls everything. And Andrew Breitbart said that the media is more powerful than any branch of government, that media decides what happens in this country. He and, wasn't wrong. You know, sadly, right? But yeah, sadly, the uh, the enter, the law, the, the New York Tish James's lawsuit, the New York attorney general, her lawsuit against the NRA was thrown out of court. But with discovery, she was able to get all the receipts of the, I don't know, $300,000 that Wayne LaPierre was spending on suits, right? All of the crazy expenses, all the, I don't want to say money laundering, but stuff passed to uh, a PR firm, then the PR firm hires people at NRA, and this, there was a lot of money sloshing around, and it came to light. And I would suggest that James and other people sought to destroy the NRA but what they actually did is they saved the NRA because the NRA as an institution was unable to cleanse itself. And Oliver North, I, I spoke to Oliver North when he was briefly the president of the NRA. Colonel North thought he could fix the NRA, but there was just, there was just too much going on. And uh, it looks like the NRA basically fixed North. They sent him out on a wagon and they said, you know, here's your hat. What's your, what's your hurry? But, now the well, look, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. Good. I'm comfortable using the word corruption, Neil. We're getting ready to take a break, but I'm comfortable <laughs> using the word corruption. Oliver North was there at the height of that, as it was in the beginning stages of being exposed. So he didn't stand a chance with the cronies still in place. When we come back, Neil McCabe, three more segments on a pre-shot show. Show. We'll be back with Neil right after this. following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back to the show indeed. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom today and every day. 
here at AAR Ranch. Today, it's the Car Firearms Group Studio. Sig Sauer microphone lit up. X Insurance presenting it all. Welcome back in. Please go out of your way to support our partners. Defender Coffee, you just heard the rejoin, is a great partner of ours for many, many years. Drink a cup of coffee and support the Second Amendment. Win, win, win all the way around. Great coffee and a portion of your profits goes to an organization of your choosing. In my case, it's the Second Amendment Foundation, likely for obvious reasons, if you know anything about me and my relationship with the organization over many, many years. And as a board member of the sister organization, Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, combined with SAF, are doing God's work out there. And you hear Mr. Alan Gottlieb, founder of SAF, on the program, well, regularly for many, many years, better part of a decade. Alan couldn't be with us today because, well, everybody's traveling to Vegas which is why Justin won't be here and why there's an encore in the next hour, because everybody's traveling to Vegas, including yours truly. Welcome back. Let's go back to Neil McCabe. Neil McCabe from Parts Unknown, actually from Boston. We love you, Neil. Welcome back to the program, my friend. It's always a pleasure to have you here. I'll let you put your last word on the fi- on the previous segment, and then let's jump over to DeSantis. I, I don't know if you had any yeah. inside dope. I-, I, you know, Was I shocked that he got out? Yeah, but let's, let's, let's not jump ahead. Let's go back, finish, wrap up that last segment if you have anything to do or anything to say, if you want to put an exclamation point. Otherwise, we'll jump into Ron DeSantis. No, no, no. I think that, uh, you know, I remember after the Newtown shooting, uh, President Obama announced his executive actions to restrict gun rights while SHOT Show was going on, and that was sort of a shot across the bow. Uh, I was there, and we'll never forget it. And it was was sort of like, uh, it was like one of those moments, right, where... You know, because when you say someone is a trade organization, a trade organization state tends to stay completely out of politics. They don't want politics. And so, you know, you talk about, you know, the California grape people, right, or, uh, you know, the Florida orange juice people. They don't want to get involved in politics, right? They just want to sell. They just want to make money. And and Disney, they don't want to get involved in politics. Disney just wants to make movies and make money, right? Speaking, speaking of Disney, uh, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis basically announced what everybody what already segue. knew when he suspended his campaign. Frankly, the money ran out. He, uh, you know, he was going to make a sort of a gallant last stand in South Carolina, but it just wasn't in the cards. So I'm glad I didn't he, get asked to put any money down on that because I would have put it out. I would have lost. I would have guessed I, that he would have gotten I out after people, South Carolina. I told people uh, a year ago, a year ago plus, 18 months ago, that uh, some very important, powerful people told me why DeSantis was going to beat Trump and be the next president. And I replied to them in detail and I think it, I lost some friendships over this because people just didn't see it. I wrote about it for Red State, where I basically said DeSantis's uh, presidential bid, his White House bid, was always a kamikaze mission. It could never succeed, no matter what he did, because of structural challenges, not the least of which Trump is a four-year solution. And there's a lot of people who want to be president, who don't want eight Christmases with DeSantis. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Tom Cotton, yeah, yeah, yeah. all these people, Josh Hawley, all these people who want to be president one day, that it's, it's too easy to support Trump 
of four years and have an open seat in 28, then basically pile in in DeSantis and watch that guy for eight years. It just makes him crazy. It was there was no way it was going to work because there was institutionally there was just too many people who did not want eight Christmases of Ron DeSantis. And I don't so, disagree with I, Hold on one second. I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but I, I do want to ask this. Because, yeah. again, if I was going to put money on it, I would have said that he would have bailed after South Carolina. He had already bailed, for the most part, on New Hampshire and moved what appeared to be moved to South Carolina, where Trump is up 30 points. I, last I checked in the polls, over Haley in her own home state. So my question to you is this. Is DeSantis bailing today a shot across the bow to Haley that says, get the hell out, let the party coalesce early, this is your warning as well. Because Nikki Haley doesn't stand a chance. So I have nothing against Nikki Haley personally. I've never met the woman. She seems like a nice enough lady. But let's face it. She is the left's and the establishment's pick for the Republican Party, which I think enough Republicans and enough conservatives, I should say, are not going to put up with. Is this a shot across the bow from the DeSantis campaign to say, Nikki, get out well, next time? Let me tell you, I'm very proud of my four kids. And they are fine adults, fine adults. And and people ask me, why are they just so why, why are they such fine kids? And what I tell them is that uh, when they were younger, I would beat them. And, uh, I you know, I didn't like old school, take like a take a branch from a tree. But basically they would get spanked and uh for various things, and uh, I would tell him flat out. I said, listen, if you fight me, you get 10. If you just take it, you get three. It's up to you, but it's happening. <laughs> so it's up to you. So DeSantis decided to take his three spanks and not his 10 on Tuesday. And so he endorsed Trump before his endorsement didn't matter. And so Nikki was, Haley, you don't believe was, Haley, you don't believe that it, any part of this had anything to do with the campaigns? I don't know how, you know, does the DeSantis talk came, campaign talk to the Haley campaign during a primary? I would imagine they likely do at some point. Well, let me rephrase my question. How do you think Nikki Haley's taking DeSantis's ouster now? Do you think she's all happy because she really thinks she stands a chance? We all know better than that, and so does she. Nikki Haley's strategy was to do well in Iowa and then run up the score in New Hampshire and then cut a deal before. So Nikki Haley was, was planning to cut the deal in New Hampshire where she becomes the vice president and then she endorses Trump because yeah, the, the sort of the Koch brothers and the Bush people and, you know, those people like, you know, they their plan was we can't beat him with the voters, but from the inside, we can take him down just the way George H.W. Bush jammed up Reagan from the inside. And that was basically sort of the, the deal that uh, Reagan cut with Bush. You get out, you endorse me, you become my vice president. But. There was there was so much revulsion when that started permeating through Trump world. People went out of their freaking minds and they like, you know, Don Jr. and other people went to Trump and they said, don't do this. <laughs> right. Well, and, look, let's get real before we go to a break. Let me throw this at you. You ponder this during the four minute break we have. 
but Trump already saw the writing on the wall. Look, let's let's get real. He made an establishment pick last go around, and we all saw how that turned out. There's no possible way Haley can think she's got a position. I, I don't even think she gets a position in the administration if he wins if he wins the election. But I'll get your thoughts on all of that when we come back. We're talking with Neil McCabe on the AAR studio line. We'll be back right after this with Neil. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Don't forget to use the promo code AAR at MyPillow.com. Welcome back. Ah, here we go. Good heavens. Time is flying right by. Car Firearms Group Studios lit up. We've been looking forward to meeting with Justin Moon personally out in Las Vegas. Jessica, North American Arms, Mike, and all the good folks out there. Crossbreed Holsters, seeing them for an event tomorrow. And we have new fun stuff in store for you listeners as well that we'll be talking about over the course of the next few months. All this is being brought to you by X-Insurance. We'll be hanging out with Rick and the boys at X-Insurance. A lot going on. Daniel Defense, all those fine folks are going to be there. Neil McCabe, unfortunately, I will not be seeing you there, but welcome into the show today back here at the ranch. Great to have you with us, as always. Well, yes, but uh, maybe next year. I, I maybe do want to point out that what's interesting about the Nikki Haley candidacy is that her husband deployed with the South Carolina National Guard, I believe in July, and basically he'll be home in, like, March. So basically it is the odd spectacle that someone running for president of the United States, her husband deploys overseas for nine months and, re- and is scheduled to return just after the, new, the, the South Carolina primary. And so... I don't know how the South Carolina National Guard works. I only know how the Army Reserve works. And I can tell you, if he went to his superiors and said, hey, my wife is running for president of the United States, I can't take this mobilization, they would try to work with him. Because, frankly, there aren't enough deployments and mobilizations to go around. And so there's a lot of people in the Reserve and National Guard, you know, who want to get their ticket punched with an overseas mobilization for their career and for their experience and for, you know, what they call broadening assignments, right? And to grow in your military career, you need these things. And those opportunities just don't exist anymore like they did, say, 15 years ago when everybody was port and report. And so it is an odd spectacle, and I think it should be pointed out that something was good. There has to be some subtext as to why her husband would disappear for her presidential campaign. Just or maybe out there. he took the deployment. Maybe she just decided to run for president to stay busy while he was deployed because the timing of his return is odd as well, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah sure. Yeah, sure. Do you but, believe? You know, well, hold on. Let's go back to her for just a second. Uh, yeah. She's no friend. Well, yeah, I can't say that. I know that when she was governor of South Carolina, we had a lot of issues with reciprocity and gun issues, et cetera. South Carolina was not that friendly on the gun issue. You know, she's never turned me on relative to gun issues at all. 
But do you believe at this stage? Let me ask you this. Is she going to get out after she loses to Trump in New Hampshire? Is she going to bail like DeSantis did? Or is she going to stick it out through South Carolina? DeSantis ran out of money. And that's just the reality. And that's, you know, that's what Chris Christie, that's with Tim Scott. It's, you know, your staffers have to be paid. And when you can't pay your staffers, the campaign is over. And so, you know, I don't know how much money he, he left over. Presumably he's able to give them or some kind of severance package. And, you know, and now, you know, they're unemployed. And so where they're going to, you know, you bet on a candidate and, you know, when that candidate drops out, you know, not, not, you know, not other, other candidacies and other campaigns aren't eager to bring you on depending on what you said and did while you were working for DeSantis, right? Nikki Haley will have the money because the Koch brothers and the Bush family and different people will want her to stay in to harass Trump, but it's going to become an increasingly absurd exercise because these these Republican primaries are winner take all. And so ah, you get, you know, 51%, 51%, everything goes to Trump. And then basically you start ringing up the score and she starts, you know, you go through 10 or 12 primaries where you're getting no delegates. It just becomes absurd. Uh, Trump's just, he'll, he'll have too much fun with that. That will be a fun spectacle to watch. If I were Nikki Haley, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that. She has because no off-ramp right now. Her off-ramp, her off-ramp was the endorsement of Trump to take down DeSantis and and get something like maybe Veep. But which you know, isn't going to happen. Her off-ramp is just being right. an honest person and saying, "Hey, I don't stand a chance." And for the sake of the country and the conservative movement and the Republican Party, I'm out and I'm going to support Donald Trump. Isn't that an off-ramp? This is why people well, hate politicians. Is she trying to yeah, adhere she, herself to Trump's movement by not doing that and staying in because Bush, the Bush family, the who wants to harass Trump? Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, OK, I think Nikki. Her, nice work. Her major, her, major, her major miscalculation was that she didn't see the DeSantis collapse. I mean, DeSantis was at five percent when he pulled out of, when he suspended his campaign in New Hampshire. And so it's like. That wasn't a shock to anybody. Everybody knew that. I knew that. She didn't know that. I, I think that what happened is that, the, you know, he, you know, when it, it you know, the, the guy was at, you know, a month ago, he was at like 11 and 12, right? Or 17 or like whatever. It's like the collapse of DeSantis in New Hampshire was stunning. And. It, it left her with a position where she had to then make her play, which is why you saw all the leaks and you saw all the sort of the stories bubbling around that she was going to become Trump's VP. And then Trump people, people in Trump world basically went to Trump and said, no way, Jose. And that was it. And so I don't know what she does. I, I think she just plays out the string until, uh, until somebody tells her to sit down. It's just, yeah, hopefully, it just becomes hopefully, absurd. Hopefully somebody tells her to sit down because it's going to become absurd right after New Hampshire. Sununu is a well, very popular governor. Well, look, Sununu in, in New Hampshire is a very popular governor. Okay, No, he isn't. 
he is in New Hampshire. No, no, no. Mark, he's he, he, he's not even running for re-election. They hate him so much oh, right okay. now because he's so uh, anti-Trump. I eat my words. No, no. It, it's, he was popular because he was sort of playing the game. But when he came out hard against Trump, it, uh, the, the, the voters pulled the rug out from under him. So he had to basically. Uh, well, then, basically all right, well, then that still retiring. underscores this point. Nikki Haley's got to see that. She's got to see that. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason we're talking about all of this is because this is, look, Trump is going to be your nominee, period. It's going to happen. Nikki Haley has got to know it. DeSantis clearly knows it. Haley's the only one in the race. That's it. Why does this, what's this have to do with armed American radio? Trump's the one that's going to save your Second Amendment. Again. Yes. That's why this is so vital. It's why we're talking about this. Nikki Haley needs to get out. And if Trump is smart, and I'm sure he is, and I know he's got Don Jr.'s ear, who's going to start telling him to start running on Second Amendment issues, which is something that has not been a part of the primaries so far, or even the discussion yet. It's been notably absent. And we're going to depend on Donald Trump to bring that to the forefront, which is why Nikki Haley needs to bail now. She doesn't stand a chance. Nice move. Valiant effort. Get out. It's time. Yeah. Go. And I'm hopeful I, I, that she sees that writing on the wall. And our gun rights are on the line here, ladies and gentlemen. This is critical stuff. Do I have a minute? You do. Okay. Justice You've got 30 Thomas, seconds, yeah. actually, to be honest. 30 seconds. Justice, Justice Thomas, 75. Justice Alito, 73. Right. Justice Sotomayor, 69. Chief Justice Roberts, 68. Justice Kagan, 63. Kavanaugh, 58. Gorsuch, 56. Jackson, 53. And uh, I can't see what Barrett is, but Barrett's obviously the youngest. And so what you have, you could have the spectacle of Trump getting another three justices in the next four years. Likely Thomas will be the first to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is critical stuff. Critical stuff. Trump's your nominee. Face it. If you don't like him, too bad. It's that or whatever the Democrats do with Dementia Joe. We'll be back with Neil. One more segment. Don't go away. segment of Armed American Radio is being sponsored by Crossbreed Holsters. Make sure to visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. Now let's get back to me. All right. Final segment of Armed American Radio, the live Armed American Radio. There will be an encore presentation of a roundtable in the next hour because everybody's traveling, uh, yours truly included. So after this segment, it is Vegas or bust. And I'm looking forward to a great, a great show and meeting with some great folks out there in Las Vegas as we get together with the shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade group, the SHOT group. Uh, That is, of course, the firearms industry. The entire firearms industry meets in Vegas out there every single year, and it's just incredible how fast time flies. Neil McCabe, jump back in with me if you would. Welcome back to The Ranch, Car Firearms Group Studios, X-Insurance presenting it all, and the Sig Sauer mic lit up for you. Neil, I want to emphasize that what, what we're talking about here with Donald Trump is so vital. It's not just the Supreme Court. Obviously, that's that's the big cojone. But it's the, all the federal courts. And we have got to get back to fixing the damage that Joe Biden and this administration has done to the lower courts. 
And all, you know, the Ninth Circuit is a great, and Ninth Circus, if you want to call it that, is a great example of that. Donald Trump was well on his way to fixing the Ninth Circuit. And that second Donald Trump term would have been paramount to fixing that Ninth Circuit. And he was stopped and unable to do that. The establishment went after him, and he's back in their face. And it's absolutely critical and vital. So tell us, Neil, was my statement right? Are our gun rights on the line? That's why we're talking about this, ladies and gentlemen. It's why it's so important. No, no, Donald Trump. you're spot on. You're spot on. I, and I do want to mention for people taking notes at home, Amy Coney Barrett is 51. So anyway, just to wrap that up. The, the, the fact of the matter is that McConnell and Senate Republican leadership, guys like Cornyn, guys like Thune, they jammed up Trump completely, not so much on the judges, because many of those judges are, were actually selected by senators, and they're like former law partners, former college roommates, donors. So that's kind of like the senators picked all those judges, and Trump just signed off on it. That's, that's the reality of, uh, of how judges work. But all of those deputies and assistants were, who were supposed to fill up the administration they got blocked. Uh, you know, also a slew of ambassadors were never confirmed. And what you're going to have is when Trump comes in a year from now, McConnell will no longer be the leader of Senate Republicans. And there's oh, going to be a wholesale changing of the guard. Really? And I'm, I'm looking Isn't that about time? I, I'm looking at, frankly, uh, Mike Lee or maybe uh, Rob Johnson or Rick, uh, Rick Scott from Florida, as sort of, or even Steve Daines from Montana, as sort of a new crop of senators coming in. I see Republicans picking up seats, maybe four, maybe five, maybe six. This is a very good cycle for Senate Republicans. What about the House? And Well, the House is tied to the president. So it's, you know, if Trump, so last time in, so in, uh, you know, in 2020, he pick, they picked up like 12 seats. Uh, they picked up another 12 seats. I would see, I could see, uh, I could see anywhere from 15 to 20 seats. The max, they maxed out at 247 under Boehner. That was sort of the Tea Party, the peak Tea Party majority, and that was the largest Republican House majority since the 1928. And so, I mean, just to put this. You know, just to understand what Paul Ryan did in 2018, Paul Ryan left 40, 4-0, 40 House Democrats without challengers in 2018. So when they say Trump lost the House in 2018, well, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to hold on to the House when the Republican House leadership took the dive. Okay? And McCarthy was part of that, frankly. And so... You know, Ryan took the dive in 2018 because he wanted Trump impeached, and that's what happened in the next term. Having said that, Republicans improved their numbers with the huge turnout from Trump because there's going to be so much enthusiasm for Trump. People will come out of the woodworks because there's a lot of people who thought Trump had it in the bag in 2020, and he did not have it in the bag. But whatever happened, it was not in the bag. And so people are going to come out of the woodwork for Trump, and that's just going to drive turnout in all these for Republicans in these House races. So, 
yeah, they have a very tight majority now. I think that I think the majority is like one or two now um, because there's some vacancies. But you know, but yeah. Anyway, the answer to your question is the Republicans increase their holdings in the House and they pick up. I could see them picking up uh, three easy and three hard in the Senate. How far do the Democrats go to keep Trump out of office? And this this question could be an entire hour. But the moment he officially locks up the nomination, the Democrats know he's got it. But the moment it's official and the media makes their announcements, how desperate do the Democrats get between now and November? Democrats run through the tape. They will not stop. Remember, you know, everybody talks about, oh, yeah, Obama had such a great transition when he handed everything over to, uh, to Trump. It was so professional. It was so professional that on January 5th, Trump and Biden met with James Comey, the FBI director, to figure out how they were going to throw Trump in jail <laughs> 15 yeah. days before he was thrown or sworn in. That's how nice that transition was. But second terms are always smarter and better run than first terms. And having four years in the wilderness has lent itself to contemplation. And so I don't want Trump I don't want team, listeners to get complacent, Neil, with the limited time that we Trump have left. The Trump team in the second term is going to be tight. It will be focused, and there'll be no garbage. It, it will, but we are talking about this, this as if it's a foregone conclusion that Trump yes. wins and runs it. Is it a foregone conclusion that Trump runs away with this on yeah. the first enthusiasm Tuesday for Trump. in November? People, people want to be a part of this Trump thing. People will show up out of the woodwork to be a part of Trump's return. In the and face frankly, of what we know the media is going to do and the Democrats are going to do. Well, th- this is the other thing that works in Trump's favor. It's kind of counterintuitive, but a lot of people who hate Trump are going to realize the only way to get rid of him is to make him president. And so <laughs> they actually have more control. He's actually, that, that's actually a great under point. control. Yeah. He's, he's actually more under control as president than he is as ex-president. And so... If you want to like, you know, if you want to get rid of Trump, make him president. And that's going to be it's a bizarre way of thinking about it. Right. It's ironic. It's an interesting, observa- it's an interesting observation but, for sure. But that will but that will work for Trump also. And this Biden thing is just ridiculous. And they and there's nothing they can do about it. They are tied to a corpse. There's there is no mechanism for replacing Biden. And the Biden people, his handlers, have so many favors and billions of dollars at their disposal that they can bribe and pay off and fix anybody who tries to work against Biden getting the nomination. They, they can handle it. Believe me, there's plenty of money sloshing around to keep Biden as the nominee. All right, Neil. It's always fun to talk with you. It really, truly is. And I, your optimism is contagious, ladies and gentlemen, but I don't want anybody to get complacent. It's going to require an awful lot of work. Whether you love Trump or hate Trump, Trump is going to be the nominee. It's that simple. Nikki Haley, pay attention to that. Do yourself a solid. Pull a DeSantis. Get out and coalesce behind Donald Trump right now. Make it early. Make it fast. All right, guys, we're off to Vegas. We're going to come back next week. Bill Frady will be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in the seat for me on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. And uh, you never know. You might hear me calling into the show from time to time over the week. See you live on Sunday's show. Enjoy your week. Bye, take care, See man. You on Talk the radio. to you later.
just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. 